Yes, sir, we promised you a great main event here tonight. Thank you. universe welcome welcome to the shoot arrow baby that's right the shoot hey bear the dog you want to say something he sniffed a little bit did you hear it i did not but i bet he's wondering where his chicken and his hot dogs well, are. I'll, I'll tell him honest. this coming tell him it's happening we didn't get enough i i really didn't hear enough about the hot dog chicken showdown like honestly you don't think so I got a few. I got how many did we get? I got to check the hashtag. I, I got some tweet. I got some tweets. No, I got there's some, there's some tweets out there. No, there were tweets, but it wasn't enough. SGG. I think, I think Bear the dog deserved a <laughs> You're depriving Bear. Bear, you Bear, you needed more than that, right? Yes. Um. Well, welcome everyone. As I said, welcome to the shoot, Arrow baby. It's time. Bear's begging for his uh his treat. It's coming soon, buddy. I promise. Um, but you guys have a treat in store, and that is what I thought was a pretty fun week of professional wrestling. Um, I, I, I will start outside the ring with Stack Guy Greg, but um, I really, there's a lot to talk about this week on both the WWE side. Uh, Raw, NXT had some moments, and then, uh, and then of course we'll get to the close of AEW, which Greg, I hope you actually watched. Um, I didn't get to see it yet, but I, but I am interested. All right, to so, watch because there's been there's been a lot of buzz about this. So we'll get to all of that, but first let's start outside the ring. SGG, anything going on? So WWE uh, signed two um, two more independent wrestling superstars, indie darlings, if you will, uh, Killer Cross, who uh, Lucha Underground fans might recognize as the White Rabbit, and uh, Timothy Thatcher, who. You know, on the independent scene, he was a part of Ringkampf, which was Walter's uh, stable, sort of the predecessor to Imperium. And so, you have to wonder if he's going to going to join his stablemates um, in Imperium anytime soon, or if WWE has other plans for him. But in any event, those two gentlemen have reported to the Performance Center and have officially been signed by WWE. Can you tell us a little bit more? about these guys because i truthfully don't know very much i saw some excitement about it so but don't know much right so only the hardest of the hardcore will be able to give you a deep dive on these guys and, and even i i have to admit only really scratched the surface on these guys i just know that walter had led a stable on the indies and that he's a bad dude and uh Timothy Thatcher was one of his original stablemates in Ring Conf, and they their whole thing is sort of like Imperiums now, right? Where the mat is sacred, and they treat wrestling with great respect, and they're all about the art and the purity of wrestling. And so, if you're someone who 
is a fan of technical wrestlers and, and highly skilled talents bringing the art to it. Timothy Thatcher is definitely going to be one to watch. Killer Cross, I know a little bit less about just because I didn't watch um, too much of what he was doing on the indies and I didn't watch too much of Lucha Underground, but I do know that he was the White Rabbit on Lucha Underground. So if anybody followed that through their multiple seasons, then they're already familiar with his work. Well, all I know is it's too bad he's going to change his name because the mixed tag with him and Nikki Cross is just begging. You're just... I, I want to jump on Facebook Watch right now. I, I can't even wait another second to see what they would do. But, um, all right, well, that's very cool. Um, so a couple of big names. I mean, listen, uh, at this point, anytime a huge name from the Indies or, you know, however you want to call it, however huge that means, I mean, um, but anytime a big name comes over from the Indies, I think the, the bigger piece of that story now is just them landing with WWE and not AEW, you know that's where the competition yeah. part becomes yeah. relevant. That's that's where there being a quote unquote competition matters because in that Wednesday, where are these people going to end up first? Wednesday nights. So, um, and and based on the ratings I saw this week, um, that's important. That's important. We'll get to that. What else you got, SGG? Anything else outside the ring? Now- um, outside the ring, that was all I had. Uh, obviously, John Cena starring in the new, the newest edition of Fast and Furious, and they they released a trailer and they've already begun promoting that. Um, so good on him, and a making peace with the Rock so that b he can <laughs> go right into that, into that lane. No pun intended. Um, well, is there anything SGG that happened that was? A monstros this week? A monstros? I would not say so, but did we talk about the Bella Twins? Uh, no, you didn't, you, you didn't, you didn't drop the Bella Twins bomb on, on us. Yes. The Bella Twins are both, uh, with child, both Bree and Nikki are both expecting. And it seems as if their due dates may be within one week of each other. Really crazy. Which is another crazy wrinkle to it. Yeah, so they're going to go through that whole thing like together. Very, very good for... Uh, happy for Nicole and Bree and happy for uh, the producers at uh, Total Bellas, Total Divas. I mean, this is just TV waiting to happen. Um, I, I mean, it's crazy to think... I mean, listen, I'm not going to get into a whole breakdown of Nikki's relationship history. But it is interesting, considering the whole Cena thing, man, and where that storyline went to where we are now, life's crazy, bro. Life's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is. It, this has been quick. This has been a quick ride. How They've been together like under a year, right? Yeah, right? Because um, she got proposed to at Orlando, in Orlando. Um, am I right? That, that was Orlando when she... No, no, no. I mean, no, no, I I don't mean her. I don't mean with Cena. I mean, her, her relationship with this dude. I think they've only been together for a year. Right. But that's how I'm framing it. Right. Because she was with Cena, was engaged and everything at one WrestleMania. By the next WrestleMania, we were all trying to figure out, is it a work? Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. And And then she's in this relationship. And now here we are. Um, and they're expecting. It's just and crazy. They're engaged as well. Well, congratulations to the Bellas. More life. More life. Um, yeah, two more lives specifically. Yeah, more lives. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else? I mean, you can't beat a you can't beat a double pregnancy. It's hard to follow that. So I'm just I'm reading reading some of the news and and I'm a little bit saddened by this this headline that I came across, but. Um, my guy, the the best there is, the best there was, best there ever will be. Mm, yeah, I saw diagnosed this. with skin cancer. Now, is this a, is this like a real panic situation, or is this like it didn't seem like it was what I initially saw? Is it? I don't know. I'm not. I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not sure because it it seems that um. The diagnosis didn't affect him or his plans, and as much as the 
the previous cancer diagnosis that he that he beat a few years ago. Um, but still, I mean, I guess cancer is cancer, so it's all it's all worrisome. So you know, obviously, I'm sending sending all positive vibes to the hitman. All my best, wishing him through this one. Absolutely. Um, I think, um, listen, God willing, it's going to be fine, but certainly want to send our best out to the, the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. And, and, you know, you know, Greg and I disagree about basically everything in wrestling except one thing. Yeah. The goat, the goat. So, um, all right. So without any, we, we've now talked about cancer. We've talked about double pregnancy. <laughs> we've talked about everything. Um, Let's talk about what's happening in the ring, SGG. Did you watch Monday Night Raw this week? I did, and I, I have to say... Wait, before you say what you have to say, I want everyone to wait for a second. Because if you're starting a hiring process, you may have questions. Will you find good applicants to choose from? What about their education, the experience? It's hard to get the right candidates for a job. That's why you go to Indeed. All right, Millions of great candidates use Indeed every day. To find their next opportunity. You can post a job in minutes. You can use screen, screener questions to create a short list of applicants. You can add uh, skills to your job posts. It's all so easy. Their library of more than 50 skills tests ranges from uh, industry-specific skills like accounting to general aptitude tests like critical thinking. Indeed gives you the tools you need to make your decisions quickly and be confident you're making the right hire for your team. So go to Indeed.com slash cheapheat. And get a free sponsored job upgrade on your first posting. That's indeed.com slash cheap heat. All right. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Offer valid through March 31st, 2020. That means you could hire people just in time for WrestleMania. All right, SGG, what do you have to say? We've been waiting with bated well, breath. Speaking of the right candidate for the job, uh, the good people at Monday Night Raw, and by that I mean Paul Heyman, um, they were looking for a number one contender to face Brock. They narrowed it down to three candidates, Seth Rollins, Bobby Lashley, and the sleeper pick, Ricochet. And Ricochet got the job. He's going, he's the number one contender now. He's going to face Brock Lesnar at Crown Jewel. And I have to say, I was shocked uh, by that development. Welcome to the going show, to Bobby Lashley. baby. I hear you. I hear you. I understand the shock, the shock and awe. Um, are you happy with it though? I am. I mean, listen, there were no bad picks in, in that, in that pool, right? Because we've seen what Brock and Seth can do. They deliver every time, whether it's them one on one or it's them in a triple threat match or multi man match. They deliver every time. Um, Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley, for me, has always been something that I want to see even when they both were were there before. I feel like they had just missed each other, and it seemed as though, you know, right after Brock left, Bobby Lashley rose up the ranks. That is true. And I, I was always curious about what they would do together. And it always struck me as sort of funny that they basically had, like, the same entrance. Like, Brock left, and then Bobby Lashley came in and just – had his same entrance, different move set. Um, they both have a wrestling background. They both have an MMA background. So I always wondered what they could do in the ring together. And then Ricochet um, just fits that mold of smaller, explosive, athletic talent that has seemed to give Brock um, his best matches in these last few years. You think about a Finn Balor, Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, um, Ricochet is perfect for that role, that spot. And so, like I said, there were no bad picks. And just for Ricochet being the sleeper pick, I think, you know, good on them for picking somebody that was way out of left field and completely unpredictable. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool too. Um, I, I, I just like seeing Brock in matches with someone who can really bump it's fun i mean although i'll tell you man brock was i'm so high on brock right now after his performance at the rumble that i really feel like i could watch him with anyone at this exact moment um yeah 
Like, he was just so damn good. But that'll be fun. And it is interesting. I didn't really think about that. At first, I was going to say I wouldn't really be excited about Lashley and Brock. But that is true, that we haven't seen it. This They did miss each other, basically. Um, and so that would be sort of neat. My problem with that would be is I just wouldn't believe. I mean, listen, obviously, I don't have a lot of faith that Ricochet is going to win either. But from a story standpoint, (laughs) from a storyline standpoint, I just wouldn't believe, like, even though I'd be, like, it would be physically cool to see Brock and Bobby, I don't think anyone's thinking that as we get ready for WrestleMania, um, Bobby's gonna take, uh, Brock's gonna take a big L to Bobby in Saudi Arabia. Hard to picture. Well, that's the thing, right? We don't think anybody's gonna do it. But the, the, the funny thing about wrestling, right, and the, I guess the reason that we keep coming back is that when it is far out, we think nobody's going to do it, right? And then it gets closer and closer. Then we convince them, convince ourselves, all right, maybe. And then, like, if they tell the story right, we'll really be- we'll believe going into this that Ricochet has a chance, and people will watch, and people will watch legitimately expecting Ricochet to win, and then win or lose, people will be entertained if they do it right. That right now, true. I'm with you. Like, I don't believe that he could do it, but they will, they've done it many times. They've changed my mind and taken me on that roller coaster ride. No, that is true. That is the beauty of professional wrestling. That is exactly why we love it. So, um, that was a cool, cool, uh, main event for, uh, for Raw on Monday. Um, that was, that was the main event, right? Yes, it was. It was. Um, okay. Now, also, Big return on Monday night that I pop for. I don't know if Salt Lake City popped for it, although I got to give Salt Lake City props. That was some bad snow out there, and they packed that joint. Um, yeah, they're used to that. They're not. That was small thing stuff. No, that was light light work for them. Yeah. Um, Come on. Excuse me. Welcome to the shoot. I mean, Welcome I mean, to the shoot, Arrow baby. I'm sorry, when I sneezed, I should have said. Oh, I'm sorry. But uh, a returning Ruby Riot. On Monday. Welcome yes. back, Ruby Riot. Um, didn't sort of realize how much I missed her until she reappeared, but I was happy to see her. Yeah, and how much she was needed, right? Like, the Women's Royal Rumble just passed, and then we commented on the fact that it, it seemed to be like an all-hands-on-deck scenario. By the Maybe way, though, then, but then, then why didn't she come back last week? No, that's what I was saying. That's what I was thinking, like... Maybe it was better to do it then, but th- but this definitely was more impactful, right? Because rather than bring her back last week and then she get lost in the shuffle of, you know, the surprises and living for the moment of the rumble, she jumps in in an impactful spot against um, her former uh, compadre and, and Liv Morgan and right into a feud. This is, uh, this is crazy what I just saw on my, in my Twitter. Did you see nine hours ago that Zelina Vega posted a picture of her hugged up with Aleister Black? I mean, I did not see it. I mean, I'm confused. But he is her I, I, don't, I, I don't understand. I mean, she, she works for Andrade. That's a business associate. This, this was personal. I, I mean, I don't know though. If you're Andrade, would you really be comfortable? I mean, with her having a personal relationship with someone else in the locker room? I mean, what's going on here, SGG? This is crazy. Or even even more than that, if you're, if you're dip, would you be comfortable with her having a personal relationship with somebody else in the locker room? I mean, this is kayfabe only. After well, that's all. that's why that's why I brought it up. Come on, stick with the joke, SGG. That was the whole point. I was trying to live in kayfabe, okay? You didn't understand what was going on here? <laughs> That's exactly what I was saying. It's, it's sickening. <sighs> I'm Obviously, in real life, I'm very happy that um, it sounds it sounds so name droppy. She is one of the only superstars that I truly only want to call by her name. She's one of the only people that I legitimately don't think of her talent name first. But it sounds like such a nozzle thing because she's now so known as Zelina Vega. Hmm. Either way, in that, in that role, I'm very happy for. Thea, um, but I mean, come on, we're living kayfabe only over here, baby. Alistair Black, <laughs> you can't be doing that. I mean, yeah, I know you guys are supposedly married, but I mean, on my Twitter timeline, right. um, 
If also, she wants to knock on his door on a Monday night, fine, but. This is crazy. Um, no, I'm just messing around, obviously. Uh, but yes, happy to have Ruby Riot back. And I'll tell you what, I, uh, I still enjoy what Liv is doing. I think it's, it's, Liv Morgan is sort of in front of our very eyes as we live and breathe. We are seeing Liv Morgan sort of transform, I, I think, transform herself into a much more compelling talent. What do you think? As we live and breathe was a good one. Um, wish I thought of it. Thank you. But, uh, but I agree. I mean, she's definitely more well-rounded than we gave her credit for the first time around, even when she was in the, in the riot squad. Um, and so to see, to see her finally being put in a spotlight is huge, especially like we said a couple of weeks ago, it's usually the same women, but now even her getting to wrestle Lana and, and have what I thought was a decent match it was. for both of them. It, it, yeah, I thought it was a decent match. So for both, that's I huge for it. both of them because, because they, they don't, they're not two women who you think of being trusted to do that. 100%. 100%. Um, uh, let's see. What else, what else was the biggest raw takeaways? That's what I'm trying to think of. Do, do, do. Drew beat Mojo, of, of course. That was gonna. Yes. That was gonna happen. Facts. Um, Angel Garza shows up on Monday Night Raw. Oh yeah, of course. What do you think about that? And what did you think about, it kind of felt like, for a second, it was like, does, does Lena Vega have a stable? I think so. I mean, she's got current United States champion Andrade. She's got Angel Garza, former cruiserweight champion. Um, and, and Angel Garza is nice. Like, I don't know how many people choose Wednesday, choose NXT on the Wednesday night wars, but if you've watched, then you know that he is an amazing talent. I'm obviously all four of them. Uh, Humberto, Angel, Ray and Andrade, but he's not like the also ran in the pack. And I don't think there is one. I think they are all just nasty. And so to, to watch the four of them work together in the coming weeks is going to be incredible. Also, uh, speaking of Zelina Vega, I mean, how sick is it that she's there like screaming at Rey Mysterio? Like, I just think of this kid. You know, growing up with her dad, I'm always super emo about her because I've known her for a long time and she's from New York and her dad died 9-11. And I just thinking about her as a kid and now she's out there screwing over and screaming at Rey Mysterio. I just am always like, damn, little kid version of her must be freaking out, freaking little, out. Little little kid version of her must be so betrayed. <laughs> like, like, I know. I how know. can you do this to Rey? I know. And Eddie. I know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Angel Garza thing. I'm glad you mentioned that. Now I'm having trouble remembering, um, what the Charlotte setup was for Charlotte ending up going to NXT on Wednesday. Was that set up on Monday? Yes, it was. Uh, Charlotte was in the ring, um, to announce whether she'd be facing Bailey. Uh, or Becky um, at WrestleMania commenting obviously on the fact that she's beaten them both multiple times um, with championships on the line. And then she's confronted by current NXT women's champion, Rhea Ripley. That's right. Rhea Ripley. Just, just out there to remind Charlotte that uh, that Royal Rumble victory gives her the right to challenge any champion, number one. Number two, that Rhea Ripley is a champion that she has not beaten. And um, that compelled the Queen to show up at Full Sail on Wednesday, which I think she regrets it now, but on Monday it sounded like a good idea. So then on Wednesday she showed up to uh, greet Rhea Ripley. Yep. And... Um, SGG, do you want to take us through what, what happened there? Cause I know you enjoyed probably so, every bit of it. Oh, of course, 100%. So the queen is 
first of all, Bianca Belair is in the ring because Bianca Belair will be challenging Rhea Ripley. Uh, I believe it's in two weeks at NXT TakeOver Portland. And, you know, unfortunately with this rivalry that Rhea Ripley and Charlotte have going on, Bianca Belair seems to be overlooked, right? Rhea Ripley is looking right past her towards WrestleMania. Charlotte Flair is not concerned with her at all because she doesn't have a championship around her waist. And so well, why should she be? Why, why should she be at this moment, by the way? That's the only thing I disagreed with. Right, well... She doesn't have a championship around her waist. So, I mean, you're right. So, Charlotte comes out, um, interrupts Bianca Belair, which causes Rhea Ripley to come out. And then Rhea Ripley kindly reminds Charlotte that although Bianca Belair is her challenger at NXT TakeOver Portland, you know, Charlotte's still the outsider. And the two of them put hands and feet on the queen. Now, the only issue I took with this, by the way, was that I thought like that there was for some of the time that Charlotte and uh, Rio were going back and forth. I felt like I felt like Bianca's it, it, presence in the background was like slightly overdone. What did you think? Like the, um, I didn't the amount of that. pacing, the amount of pacing she was doing, I was, it was a little distracting. And then I and then I felt them from a camera standpoint trying to take shots where you couldn't see her all the time because she was doing so much. <laughs> I didn't get that. Um, I also personally wouldn't have had Rhea Ripley and um, Bianca Belair team up team up to beat Charlotte up. I don't think that was the move. Because at the end of the day, right, these women all, they all have issues with each other. So right. just the fact that Charlotte being an outsider doesn't necessarily make, because uh, I mean, if anything, it should have been the other way around, right? Charlotte doesn't, Charlotte wants the NXT championship, uh, if that's what she's going after. She doesn't care who has it. She just wants any championship. Um, so the best way for her to try and get it is to weaken the champion. And Bianca Belair, same thing, right? She wants specifically that NXT championship. And the only way to get it is to make sure that Rhea Ripley is as vulnerable as possible. So, I mean, Charlotte's not the threat in that ring. It it actually uh, is Rhea. So for her to protect Rhea Ripley in that moment didn't make too much sense to me. But yeah, the, the over-the-top loyalty for the brand is... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's not. not but remember, SUG. Remember, remember. We have they have a saying down there. We right. are NXT. NXT. So, um, but yeah, I, I love that Bianca's getting the spot that she's getting. I think it's sort of timing wise slightly unfortunate because at this mm-hmm. point, it's it's you know, I mean, we talked about it being surprising if Brock would lose. I think the biggest yeah. upset that could happen in wrestling right now, at this very moment, would be Rhea Ripley losing her title. It would surprise Agreed. me more than any other title change. It would be like, what? No, no. It like it would be shot. I'm not saying it would necessarily be bad. I'm not saying there's no way to make it work, and it you end up building her character again because you know me. I thought it was all a little rushed. So, you know, let's be honest. Bianca's been around a lot longer than Rhea. So if they sort of flipped it and, 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 and Rhea got shocked by Bianca Belair and Bianca kind of took the lead and she ended up going to Raw or SmackDown ahead of Rhea Ripley, it would make sense. It would totally make sense. I mean, frankly, it's, it's her time probably, Bianca, to be on the main roster. But, um, I don't see that happening. Not with the way things have been going for Rhea Ripley. I think it would be absolutely shocking. So. Yeah, no, Rhea Ripley's not. Not losing that championship anytime soon. I don't think, but, but hey, what do I know, right? I mean, this is WrestleMania season. And like they've always said since I was a kid, anything can happen in the world wrestling entertainment now. So we'll see what they do. Um, now real quick, hold on. There's, there's a lot we have to do, obviously. Um, anything else you want to talk about? I don't know. Um, you want to talk about um, what are they called again? The the Brosenbergs. Oh, the Broserweights. 
the broser the broser weights about the broser weights and an undisputed era um i don't know if there's anything else nxt that you're chomping at the bit to mention sgg so yes there is actually um because for weeks right um well i guess it was just last week and a little bit this week but nxt at random points they the on the titantron the numbers 2, 5, and 20 would like flash on the screen and it would just be there, obviously hinting at something big happening on that date. Now, the announcers never mentioned it. It was sort of just a thing that happened coming in and out of commercial breaks. And then this week after the main event, as Undisputed Era's putting the beats on, I believe it was Tommaso Ciampa, um, those numbers, they flashed again. And then they rearranged themselves to form a triangle in the shape of uh, Velveteen Dream's uh, glasses. And then the Dream returns. He's back. And he, and he beats mm. up the Undisputed Era and goes right after Roderick Strong, um, I guess signaling where he's going to take and, and focus his efforts on uh, at NXT TakeOver Portland. And it was, it was kind of cool, too, because his tights, which generally are a callback to um, Ravishing Rick Rude with the spray paint and, and people's face, or the airbrush, I guess, with people's faces on it. It had Roddy Strong's wife's face on it, and I believe his son as well. And on the back of the tights, it said, Call me up, Marina. So he's making it personal right out the gate. And mm. I, for one, I'm going to go ahead and say that uh, that is the best return that NXT has had all decade. All all decades since since January first? The whole of the whole twenty twenties. That is the best return. You know what? NXT. I'm not here to beef with you about it. I think it's I think it's reasonable. Yeah. I mean who 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 else? The twenty twenties, I'm I'm looking and I don't see anything better that NXT has had in terms of returning superstars. Well that's the SG, one, man. I'll SG, I'll tell you this, maybe if you want to see the dream in person or see your favorite WWE superstars, I know Raw is coming to uh the Barclays Center soon. Wherever you want to see an event, you can go to Vivid Seats, all right? Vivid Seats are an online event ticket marketplace dedicated to providing fans with live entertainment, amazing experiences that last a lifetime. With Vivid Seats, you can see your favorite team, your favorite artists, and you can also earn credit back on all purchases made through the Vivid Seats app through their rewards loyalty program, okay? They make it super easy to find the seats for whatever the event you want to go to is. Just go get the Vivid Seats app, okay? And... uh it's super easy. The in-app loyalty program, Vivid Seats Rewards, it's amazing, all right? So you can start out with your uh, your status, and it will grow to MVP, to Hall of Famer. You can get major, major credit on purchases through the app, all right? All Vivid Seats confirmed orders are backed by 100% guarantee. And right now, if you're trying to get tickets to an event, you can get the hookup. Just use the promo code ESPN25 for 10% off your next order, ESPN25, okay? So you want to get great, amazing tickets? You want to get over to Vivid Seats. Get the Vivid Seats app today. All right, SGG, it's about that time. We got to talk about the the 10 lashes that Cody Rhodes took from MJF. And first of all, I'll just mention in passing did you follow along on Twitter at all? Uh, the, the Twitter beef between MJF and my friend and host of Busted Open, Dave LaGreca? I saw, the only thing I saw was a little bit that you, that you put into the group chat. And I'm, <laughs> MJF is, is reckless. Yeah, <laughs> let me tell you what, MJ, let me tell you what MJF is thinking. Welcome to the shoot, Arrow Baby. But he meant shoot in a whole different way. <laughs> a whole different way. It was a lot. It was a lot. MJF lives the gimmick. Um, and so basically the stipulations in place, SGG, that, you know, MJF is going to put Cody Rhodes through the ringer if Cody Rhodes is to get his match with MJF at Revolution. And that included, 
uh, forcing him to receive 10 lashes. Okay? And I'll tell you what, SGG. Nah, man. Nah. Was that just, bad? Just nah, bro. Nah, it was so bad. Now, listen, you can make the argument. You know the way Bret Hart feels about chops, right? Yeah. Like, Bret thinks chops are stupid because they really hurt. And that goes against <laughs> the point of wrestling, which is to be a work. Well, then Bret probably didn't love this segment <laughs> last night. But, man, it was so painful to watch. The way it was drawn out, dude, the drama of how it was drawn out, Gold Dust coming down to the ring, the Young Bucks coming down and trying to talk him through it. As you watch the welts on his back forming, at the end, Brandy Rhodes, and some people I'm sure could be against this. I'm sure Dipperstein would be. And maybe some people wouldn't care. Brandy basically breaking character from what she's been on camera, you know, and just comes down as his wife to like after I think the ninth one. She and she made it to nine. After nine, she was like, "All right, I gotta do the same." She ran down at nine because like they kind of like they like people came out separately. Like first it was Goldust who came out. Then the Young Bucks, then eventually Brandy comes out. Um, and, and then the final one that MJF got him with was a chest shot that you, you just weren't even expecting. Like nine were to the back and then 10 was like he turned around and he just hit him right across the chest and you, you just felt the pain for him. Like, it just was absolutely brutal. Um, it totally felt like a dusty, you know, Crockett era moment. And then the best thing of all is that after it all happens, you know, they come in the ring and they're there supporting Cody. And obviously, I mean, come on. Yeah, I guess he's still acting in some way, but I mean, how much is he acting, you know? Well, yeah, um, it has to hurt at least a little bit. So, uh, a little bit? I said at least a little bit. I don't know his threshold for pain, but I mean. I don't think there's any human threshold for pain that couldn't be. This is excruciating. I, I, I can't imagine. <laughs> there's any. You, do you see the pictures of him today? I did. I, I don't think there's any world in which this isn't just absolutely a nightmare. No pun intended. Um. But then, when they're standing in the ring, MJF runs over and gives him a kick to the nuts and then jumps out of the ring and runs through the crowd. It was amazing. Like, it actually surprised me. I was like, he so didn't have to do anything else. But the thing is, it was the perfect heel thing to do. Because technically, you know, the lashes, while they were cruel, were legal. Yeah, no, he had, that's sanctioned, completely sanctioned. That's a sanctioned lashing. Yeah, it was. So he has, he's well within his rights. So he's a bad guy. How do you get heat even more so than you already did after this 10-minute segment? Hits him with the nut shot and then just runs. Ah, oh, man, I'll tell you what. It hasn't always been pretty for AEW uh, along the way, but this was, if you're a fan of wrestling, this, this was, uh, this was a thing. Um, in fact, I was sent this earlier today by known AEW, um, uh, sycophant and, and WWE hater, Brian Mann. <laughs> Looks like last night AEW stretched out their lead um, to the biggest it's been in a while. AEW was at, uh, or w NXT was at 770,000 viewers last night, and AEW was at 928,000 viewers. Um, which, which is back to kind of where they were at the beginning. So, 
I guess that closing segment, I'm, I'd really be curious to see the numbers on the last, the final segment. Very curious. Because it would be impossible to turn that off. Once you started it, if you're interested at all, you would just be intrigued. So props to Cody Rhodes, man. That guy's a nut, dude. That's a lot to do. That's the yeah. son of the, that's the, the son of the American the dream, baby. That's the son of a, the son of a son of a plumber, baby. There's only <laughs> one thing that you can do is take a laughing, a laughing, dude. Uh, I don't know how Dustin would say laughing. I you, ten laughings on your back. Um, but man, if you will, it was good stuff. If you have not watched it, it was good stuff. And matter of fact, that will lead me to this. Mail. Uh, I got a message that's related to the subject at hand. AEW storylines now mage. David writes us, hey, Greg and Pete, after watching last night's Dynamite, it's become clear that AEW has mastered their storylines. Chill out. I don't know about master, bro. Um, The ones that matter to them, I guess. Kip and Penelope and Janela. Britt Baker's turn. Moxley versus the Inner Circle. The infighting of Paige and the Elite. Christopher Daniels in Dark Order. MJF and Cody. The lashing segment between Cody and MJF was one of the most surreal segments of wrestling I've ever seen. Feel free to spend 10 minutes on that. I'm a delicious, boneless chicken guy. Forget <laughs> cocktail hot dogs. Thanks for all the entertainment each week, David and Maine. David, listen, I don't know if they've mastered it, and some of those stories you mentioned are better than others, but they're definitely turning the right direction. And remember, they're running a long, a long gap between pay-per-views, right? So, like, it's a lot of time where it seems like they sort of middle, like, are middling and don't have that much happening. And now, as they're a month out from the pay-per-view, it does seem that the storylines are getting a little bit more crisp and clear. Now, Greg wouldn't know because he hasn't watched the show in years, but he'll years. see when he watches. But I will say this, though. The long gap in between pay-per-views, it can only work to their advantage for this exact reason. The stories have, have time to breathe, man. And WWE, you know, I get why they do it. It's become a business, and it's big business, so they need to pump out those pay-per-views um, as much as they can, as often as they can. But I really do wish they took a good six to eight weeks in between these storylines, these pay-per-views, to let uh, storylines develop. Um. All right. Mail. Jeremy says, what's up, sweet, sweet Pete and SGG? I feel like Cheap Pete is that one reliable, great friend on the landscape of wrestling podcasts. So many other wrestling pods come to the scene, and they're interesting for a while, but then they go away. Not Cheap Heat. Nobody in the game is more with a life than you guys, but Cheap Heat rolls on. Thank you both for what you do. Um, first of all, I don't know if it's true that nobody is more with a life than us guys. I mean... I mean, I'll take it. <laughs> Step back we'll from the microphone, there. P. Let's take it, yeah. Yeah, sure. Uh, two quick notes. One, SGG catches a lot of fun-loving flack for his lack of stats. I think it's time we acknowledge that he has transcended into Triple H territory. SGG has just become his name. Nobody even remembers the time when he actually did stats. Just like Hunter Hearst Helmsley pr proved to be nothing but a vehicle to get us to the moniker Triple H. Additionally, like Triple H, SGG has gotten himself over by being the tag team partner of an established all-time great, the HBK of Wrestling Podcast. I guess, in this analogy, that makes Dip the X-Pac of Cheap Heat. So Brian Campbell would be Road Dog, and Shoemaker would be Billy Gunn? I don't know. We're off the rails. Number two, what did you guys think of Cena's comments regarding Brock Lesnar's place in wrestling lore? Be easy and stay mage. SGG, I know you don't have stats, but I didn't even see that. Did you? Oh, I did. Uh, John Cena commented that um, it is now his opinion that Brock Lesnar is the greatest in-ring performer of all time. Wow, so I guess he felt even more strongly than, than we did after the Rumble. Yeah, he did. I think that's a little a little far, but I do think he's he's in a category all to himself. Brock is in a category basically by himself. Um, yeah, I'm, I, he, I'm not comparing him to Savage or Brett or Sean. He's like in a different category altogether. 
But here's the thing, though. Here's why that comment, A, makes sense, but B, can stand, right? Because when you think of Savage, Sean, Brett, Rick, Brock, when you think of them as wrestlers, right, there's no overlap. These are each specific types of wrestlers who, if you gravitate towards their type of wrestling... There's nobody close to doing it how they do it. And then with Brock, A, just like the other greats, he ha- he actually has a background in, in wrestling. So he could, he could get on the mat. He could wrestle. He could be technical. But what he's bringing to it now is just completely different. And as much as he's sold himself as the beast and the monster, we forget that, like, he sells moves perfectly. Like the way he took that Claymore kick over the top rope. He has oh, the yeah, right beautiful. spatial expressions at the right times. Uh, he knows what to do with all different kinds of opponents. Um, the pacing of a match. Things like that. It, it, it may be that we, we're hesitant to put him up there in that category because we don't appreciate the type of wrestling that he does. Which I think is a lot of the reason why Brett falls out of people's... Um, Greatest in-ring performer conversation. But if you can appreciate the type of wrestler that he is, then he's in that conversation. Male. Carlene writes us, Dear Pete and the O statless one, oh my God, could it actually happen? Are we just going to get swerved on the possibility of a Rhea versus Charlotte match at Mania? Will Charlotte be bold and propose a gauntlet match against all three to prove her majesty? The options are endless, yet so limited. Love the show. Sincerely, Carlene. P.S. Still waiting on the Justice for Herbie shirt. FGG, whatever (laughs) happened on the Justice for Herbie shirt? Yeah, it's February, so we got to get those out. We have, we got an extra day this year. We got to rush them out. We need the Justice for Herbie shirt. That is, that is, um, the sign we need to see at a pay per view soon. Justice, Justice for, Herbie. for Herbie. Either that, either that, or like everyone's so big on putting up Dave LaGreca's huge face all over the place. I don't know how that became like the biggest head to bring to shows, but we need a bear. We need a huge, like, bigger than life size bear thing at a sign. Or basically like and a chicken wing. It needs to be like that Hogan banner from uh WrestleMania six. Yeah, the like one the one they... that goes across seats. Yeah. And like, you know what someone should do? Like they should get creative. It should be a long banner with a chicken a chicken wing at the end, and then they like someone walks along and you can see bear moving along it towards the chicken wing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and pull it up during the main event. So everybody sees it. Uh I'm deciding whether I should speak to this stupid email. Alright. I think I will. Yeah, I think you have to. I, th- m- I think m- you m- have m- to m- 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 mail. Uh James writes us, can you speak on why Hogan is permanently stained? For the use of a racial word, racist word, sorry. While you made excuses for Kobe's sexual assault, I know we say nice things when people pass, but I feel like Hogan will get no such pass in the cheap heat universe when he passes. Um, let me, let me, let me say just simply, if you don't mind, SGJ. Uh, the floor is yours. First of all, I, I, I would have to go back and listen. I certainly don't recall making excuses for Kobe. Um, however, um, Kobe has an alleged sexual assault that was thrown out by the prosecution. I still mentioned and give credence to the allegation, um, which a lot of people did not do during their tributes. I still have mentioned, in spite of my sadness about it all, that it happened because 
the alleged assault is part of the story. But first of all, we should not equate using offensive language and a sexual assault. Let's not even, let's not even equate those things. It just doesn't make sense to do. But because that's what you did, let me be clear. There is a tape of Hulk Hogan's racist language. We heard it. He acknowledged it. It exists. We're talking with Kobe about an alleged situation. So one is not, I'm, there's no way to equate these two things, but they're, they're wildly different. Second of all, I know we, Greg in particular, but both of us have given Hogan a really hard time about, um, the tape and what was said because it was offensive and it hurt people's feelings. I can't speak for Greg and Greg, you can speak for yourself. I'll speak for me. If God forbid Hulk Hogan passed away tomorrow, we would do an emergency pod immediately. And I do not think most of that podcast would be about the racist language. So in the immortal words, of Brian Dipperstein. Stop yourself. Like, you're being a prisoner of the moment and you're creating a false equivalency that makes no sense whatsoever. I get it. You're a Hogan fan. You don't understand why we can't let it go. Okay? That is a, a different uh, viewpoint. You know, maybe you should listen to particularly Greg when he talks about it, the way it upsets him. Instead of thinking about it like SGG is just being a jerk or a curmudgeon, why don't you understand the fact that, or try to understand, that it comes from a place of, like, actual hurt and disappointment? But then, to try to even the score on the heels of Kobe's passing and us doing what most people who reached out, I heard from a lot of people who really felt it was a moving tribute, to make that the moment to make it like, oh, well, you just gave Kobe a pass. It's not even a comparable situation in the least. And uh, the whole concept, the whole question, the premise was frankly offensive. Um, I don't know if I left anything out there. I probably went too long. But SGG, any thoughts? The only thing that I would add as well is that, you know, like you said, the two situations can't be compared, shouldn't be compared. It, it definitely was um, a silly comment, but with regards to Hogan, uh, we have to also acknowledge and point out that the reason Hogan doesn't get a quote-unquote pass is because, A, first of all, nobody gets a pass for racist language like that, but B, any forgiveness that you think Hogan is due can only come after the, after he goes toward it and acknowledges his mistakes in a real way. And so far all he's done for what it's four years now is running the other direction and make himself the victim in that scenario, which correct me if I'm wrong, I could be opening up the door to, to some, uh, a harsh critique, but I don't recall Kobe Bryant doing that in the wake or even the aftermath of that situation. No, Kobe was quite the opposite. Kobe was quite the opposite. Although he didn't, he did not acknowledge, he did not, he, though he did not admit to the crime he was accused of, he, he clearly, decidedly stated the wrong that he had committed and said that he viewed it, he realized now that he viewed the situation differently. Short of, given the fact that he maintained his innocence of the crime he was accused of, he acknowledged and took responsibility for every bit of wrongdoing that he said he was guilty of. And furthermore, the prosecution then threw out the case because there wasn't enough to charge him. So I just, 
it, it, they're polar opposites in every way. So, yeah. um, I, listen, I get it. Not everyone has to feel the same way about Hogan that SGG does or the way that I do. And I don't, SGG has never said that what happened was unforgivable. And if Hogan came out and said the right thing and really took it the, a way that made you feel better, you wouldn't be open to it. Or certainly that if God forbid he was, had something horrible happen, the only thing Greg would do is jump on Twitter and say good riddance. I mean, what do you, that, 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 that's all, it's all yeah, ridiculous. It's I'll all give it at least two weeks before I do that. Yeah, thank you, SGG. <laughs> Come on. What kind of a monster do you think I am? He's not an animal. No. You get at least 14 days. Um, it's just, a, it's a silly thing. I, I, I probably shouldn't have even responded to it, but listen, it's, how often do we have controversy in the mailbag? So, don't <laughs> this is that. true. Uh, by the way, if you want to be a part of the mailbag, you can do so. Rosenbergbeats at gmail.com. Um, you can also tweet us at StatGuyGreg, at Rosenberg Radio. And uh, SGG, we're going to wrap it up, put a bow on this thing. How how close are we to uh, Crown Jewel? Um, I do not know how close we are to Crown Jewel. What do you want from me? All right, let's, let's say two weeks. We're two weeks away from Crown Jewel. I have no idea. You made that up. That's that's definitely not true. I feel like, listen, WWE pay-per-views are are always two weeks away. They used to be like that. They're actually now a little bit more spread out than they were prior to that. Let's see. So first of all, it's Super Showdown. Oh, it's not Crown Jewel? It's not Crown Jewel. It's Super Showdown. Oh, no. And we are three weeks away. February 27th. From so Riyadh, it's only a week. It, Saudi Arabia. It's like, it's like two weeks before Elimination Chamber. Yeah. Oh, and and um, New Day versus Miz and Morrison for the SmackDown tag titles. Lesnar and Ricochet, and then also SGG will find out uh, what's going on with Goldberg tomorrow because Goldberg will be appearing on SmackDown. Do you think they go Goldberg Matt Riddle? I mean, my hope would be it's Goldberg, someone else, and then it sets up Matt Riddle. But okay, they may not they may not view Riddle as as cool a story as we do, and so maybe they would just use it at at, at Super Showdown. And if yeah, they I use mean, it at Super Showdown, I'm cool with it. Same as long as Riddle gets the match eventually. I mean, not that he even expressed an interest in the Goldberg match, but there's been so much. Um, so much back and forth between them online that I feel like they almost have to blow it off in the ring just for just for us fans who want to see it. But yeah, Riddle does a lot of self promotion backstage and like agitating and causing little dust ups. So I would I'd like to see him in there with one of those guys, whether it's Goldberg or Brock or one of those people who he's whose feathers he ruffled a little bit. Well, we will see. We'll find out. It makes me curious about SmackDown tomorrow. And I will say I thought SmackDown was better last week, and I enjoyed, I really enjoyed the amount of effort they put into the amount of dog food that was prepared for Baron Corbin. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was, and also we didn't even spend time mentioning because SmackDown's so far away when we do the pod, almost a week old, how mage and fun it is seeing the Usos with Roman Reigns. It's, it really is a great fit, obviously. Yeah, I, I do like it a lot. I feel like I get why they hadn't, done that before or as as much before but now it's i'm glad they're doing it because honestly they they have so much chemistry together you could tell they they enjoy working together and obviously that makes the fans feel more into it so everybody wins from it they should have been doing it since day one ish yeah they should have hey sgg do me a favor this week if we can if you can and uh and stay mage it's important to me and P, take it easy, man. Oh, and enjoy yourself, too. Yeah, I forgot. Oh, yeah. It's professional wrestling. Sat in front of the mirror a little bit and got myself together. Also, ladies and gentlemen, at this time, 
my guy Red. Red Hart is the greatest professional wrestler in the history of the art form. Mitch. Hey, SGG, you think anyone actually listens to the, the outro all the way to the end?